Like I tell you in many of my articles, Salzburg is small, but there is a lot to see. That also applies to museums. In this episode, I will explain to you what the museums in Salzburg are and how to best visit them. Welcome to Salzburg. My name is Gerhard. I am the founder of the Free Walking Tour Salzburg. And the goal with this podcast is to introduce you to Salzburg. In many of my episodes and articles, I tell you that it's best to get a Salzburg card if you want to go all in on sightseeing. Salzburg card costs 26 or 29 euros, depending on the season, and it includes all of the museums. Therefore, if you visit two or more museums in Salzburg, it's cheaper to get a Salzburg card than paying single entrance fees. But let's first look at each of the museums, and then I will tell you more about the Salzburg card. Now let's first cover museums for history. Salzburg's history is unique. The history museums of Salzburg, therefore, are some of the unique things to do in Salzburg. I would recommend them as an addition to my tour. With the basic understanding I provide, the museums will make a lot more sense to you and everyone who wants to know more. Now, the first museum is the Salzburg Museum. The Salzburg Museum on Residence Square in the heart of the old town is the oldest museum in Salzburg and the best place to learn about the history. To understand the importance of the Salzburg Museum, let me give you a little context. Salzburg was a church state, but after the Napoleonic Wars, Salzburg was incorporated into the Habsburg Empire. Salzburg, however, did not only lose its independence, it also lost all of its sovereignty, with the Salzburg administration for a while even established in Linz in the province of Upper Austria. Salzburg Museum was founded as a pursuit to preserve Salzburg's identity during these times. According to the circumstances, the beginnings were modest, but the quest was successful. The Salzburg Museum is still the best place to understand Salzburg and everything surrounding it. Before the city took over the museum in 1849, it was a private foundation. Later, the widow of the deceased Habsburg Emperor Francis I became the patron of the Salzburg Museum. But that's not when the struggles ended. Due to housing shortages after the First World War, damage during the Second World War, and the growing number of exhibits, the museum had to move several times. The museum's collection was over time divided into separate museums, as well as branches of the Salzburg Museum. Salzburg Museum found a worthy home in the heart of the old town with the new residence on Residence Square. At the same time, six of its branches are scattered all over the city and with the Celtic Museum in Hallein, even into the province of Salzburg. You see, the Salzburg Museum is much more than what you would expect at first sight. Now, what's on in the Salzburg Museum? When you visit the main branch of the museum in the new residence, you overview everything Salzburg is about. Topics range from the archbishops to the Salzburg Museum's history, the cathedral, the Salzburg festival, to old paintings and the time when Salzburg became relevant as a tourist destination. Because the new residence was the archbishop's residence, there are also state rooms you can visit. Furthermore, there are temporary exhibitions in the basement that are usually about the current topic. In the show notes, you will find the Salzburg Museum's website to find out what the temporary exhibition is about. When visiting, definitely take the audio guide to make the most of your visit. 
now the Panorama Museum. The Panorama Museum is actually part of the Salzburg Museum. It's in the same building and it's included in the price for the Salzburg Museum. The reason it's mentioned as a separate museum is that you could pay a few euros to see the Panorama without entering the Salzburg Museum. I love that painting. It's 25 meters long and 5 meters high and shows Salzburg in the year 1825. It took Hubert Sattler, the painter, five years to finish the painting. When his work was done, he packed his bags and traveled together with his family and the art in a horse carriage for 10 years across Europe. There were no photographs yet at that time. Paintings, therefore, were the only way to see a place without actually traveling there. By touring with his massive 125 square meter picture, Hubert Sattler was the first to spread the word about Salzburg's beauty all over Europe. If you visit the Salzburg Museum, don't miss the panorama. It has a separate entrance, but your ticket or the Salzburg card is valid. The kind museum staff will definitely point you in the right direction anyway. Now Domquartier. While the historical theme of the Domquartier Museum is similar to the Salzburg Museum, the circumstances are different. Domquartier is one of the most modern museums in Salzburg. It opened in 2013. That's when part of the cathedral and St. Peter's Monastery that were previously inaccessible became accessible to the public as part of the new museum. The entrance to Domquartier is the old residence of the Archbishops and Residence Square. The residence gallery was already there before Domquartier was established in 2013. The gallery features paintings from the 17th and 18th century. In fact, it began as the Archbishop's art collection. Napoleon and his troops stole many paintings. The rest is still there and part of the Domquartier Museum. Like in the new residence, there are staterooms in the old residence. These staterooms are a lot fancier than the ones in the new residence. In the staterooms of Domquartier, you should use the audio guide. The paintings on the ceiling depict stories of Alexander the Great and Greek mythology, and the audio guide will explain them to you. The highlight of Domquartier is the balcony on top of the arches that connects the residence and the cathedral. That balcony leads you to the gallery above the cathedral's entrance where the procession's organ is located. From there, you can go on to the Chamber of Wonder and the gallery in parts of St. Peter's Monastery that were inaccessible before. These previously restricted areas are why you should walk through Domquartier with a Salzburg card, even if you are not interested in the museum and its expositions. In the North Oratory of the Cathedral, there is always a temporary exhibition. To see what's on, visit the Domquartier website, it's also linked in the show notes. Now the Dom Grabungsmuseum, Dom is the Cathedral, Cathedral Excavations Museum is an archaeological site underneath the cathedral. It's three meters underneath the ground. There are the foundations of ancient Roman buildings and the rest of the two predecessors of today's cathedral. You find the entrance to the excavations in the arches that connect Residence Square with Domplatz and the entrance to the cathedral. The Excavations Museum is one of the six branches of the Salzburg Museum. It's not a must, but if you have a Salzburg card, it's free and worth taking a look at the remains of these ancient buildings. 
three meters underground, the Domgrabungsmuseum is also an excellent place to cool down on hot summer days. Now the landmark of Salzburg. You will read about the fortress in many of my articles and hear about it in many of these episodes. If you read and hear some of them, you might already know that I consider the fortress the most important site in Salzburg. I consider it the most important site because of the stunning views. If you like museums, however, there are several great ones inside the fortress alone. Let me tell you about each of them. The fortress itself is like a museum. The archbishops initially built the fort as a place to retreat to in case of war. Later, however, they expanded it into a residence. Within the walls of the Hohen Salzburg fortress, something like a separate city emerged. At times, 300 people lived in there. There was a church, a bakery, a blacksmith, restaurants, a school and other attractions you nowadays discover on your sightseeing adventure. The Fortress Museum is where you learn about the history of the fortress. In several rooms, you find historical artifacts and explanations of the functions of and life in the fortress. This museum is nowadays another one of the six branches of the Salzburg Museum. The entrance is included in the entrance ticket to the Hohen Salzburg Fortress or in the Salzburg card. Hence, the visit is a must if you visit the fortress. The Rainer Museum appears like a part of the Fortress Museum, but is in fact an independent museum. It's about an old military regiment from Salzburg. I'm not a fan of that, but you can check it out anyway. It's included in the entrance fee and it might be interesting to you. Staterooms in the Magical Theater are not included in the standard entrance fee, nor the Salzburg card. These were the rooms of the Archbishop. They are from the late Middle Ages and feature some of the best preserved late Gothic artwork. The Magical Theater is part of the same premises. I would recommend paying the extra fee only if you are interested in art history. Otherwise, just skip it. Now, the String Puppet Museum. The String Puppet Museum is an exhibition of historical string puppets belonging to the String Puppet Theater. The theater was an invention of the 19th century and still operates today near Mirabel Gardens. If you have seen The Sound of Music, you maybe remember the puppets from the Lonely Goat Herd song. The museum is just string puppets, but it's included in the entrance fee for the fortress, so there would be a reason not to visit. Another museum, the museum in the Arsenal, was recently established in the Zweighaus in the armory in the yard of the fortress. The Zweighaus was one of four weapon storage buildings and the museum features weapons and more details about life on the fortress. And how about the audio guided tour at the fortress? The audio guided tour at the fortress is what you shouldn't miss. It takes you through the salt storage retorture chamber and to one of the towers, the fortress's highest point. Taking the audio guide is the only way to reach that point, and the fortress for me is mainly about the views, so that if you visit during opening hours is a must. How to visit the Hohen Salzburg Fortress in general? In 2020, the way the fortress works changed. Before, there was a standard ticket, one that included the staterooms and an early bird ticket that included the staterooms for the standard price in the morning. Now there is no more early bird ticket. 
still there is a discounted ticket for two hours in the morning or in the evening that doesn't cover the museums, but the audio guided tour and the viewing platform. The views are my favorite part of the fortress, as I said, and you get all of them with the audio guide and the platforms. Skipping the museums is therefore worth considering if you have limited time and don't care about museums. In case you have a Salzburg card, the museums are included and there wouldn't be a point in skipping. And here's one secret tip for you. After closing time, the gate usually remains open for another hour or two. There's a small door that only opens from the inside. That means you can enter the fortress at closing time and leave any time because you can always open the small gate from the inside. You will have to walk up and none of the museums are open, but that's how to get the views for free. For more detailed information on the fortress, visit the website of the Hohensalzburg Fortress. You will also find it linked in the show notes. And if you would like to know about the history of the fortress, I also wrote an article about that and there will eventually be an episode on the podcast linked in the show notes. Now, the catacombs at St. Peter's Cemetery. The catacombs of St. Peter's are the windows you see in the mountain when you visit the cemetery. They are not actually catacombs. Historians believe that the early Christians used to pray in these caves, but they are not sure. What's sure is that the caves already existed long before the city. These caves are also included in the Salzburg card, so if you get the card, again, go and visit. Now Mozart's birthplace, besides the fortress, the birthplace of Mozart is the most famous tourist attraction in Salzburg. Getreidegasse, the most famous street in Salzburg, is where Mozart was born. Therefore, there is no way not to visit the birthplace. If you enter, however, it's up to you. But you surely want to take a look at the building and take a picture, probably. The museum is excellent for lovers of Mozart and those in possession of a Salzburg card. It teaches you on several floors about the life and the work of Mozart. Now, Mozart's residence. Mozart's residence is similar to the birthplace when it comes to museums. It's where Mozart moved to when he was 17 before moving to Vienna at the age of 25. What's interesting about the residence is the story of the building. Part of the house was destroyed during the Second World War. That part was replaced by an office building that was only taken down in 1996 to reconstruct the Mozart residence according to old plans. So half of the house is not actually original. When visiting the Mozart residence, you either pay a single entrance fee, purchase a combination ticket for the birthplace and the residence, or use the Salzburg card. In 2020, the individual entrance fee is 12 euros, the combined ticket is 18.50, and the Salzburg card is 26 or 29 euros, depending on the season. I would always go for the Salzburg card if you have time left to visit one more site. After all, you probably want to visit the fortress, and that way you get more for less. Let's have a look at the museums for those that are interested in culture. Hellbrunn Palace. Hellbrunn Palace in the south of Salzburg was the party palace of Archbishop Marcus Sitikus. Because his cousin Wolf Dietrich built Mirabel, Sitikus needed his castle and Hellbrunn became the second countryside palace in the surroundings of Salzburg. Because the purpose of Hellbrunn was entertainment rather than living, it has a host of art and cultural heritage like a ballroom, the trick fountains in the park with ornamental ponds. 
Walls surround that park because they used it as hunting grounds. The castle is a museum, but there is a lot more to Hellbrunn. The guided tour of the Trick Fountains or the Salzburg Zoo, for example, which are highlights for kids. If you are going to visit Hellbrunn, you should also plan to walk around the park, visit the Trick Fountains in summer, or spend time in the Hellbrunn Christmas Market in winter. There will be another episode entirely dedicated to Hellbrunn, and you can already find an article on the Free Walking Tour website. The Volkskunde Museum, the Folklore Museum, is one more of the attractions in Hellbrunn. It's situated in a small yellow castle that's visible on the hill next to Hellbrunn Castle. That little yellow castle is called Monatsschlössel, monthly castle, Legend has it that the Archbishop once received a guest that had to sleep in the living room due to a lack of sleeping rooms at the party castle. So he bet that he would build a guest castle on the hill that would be ready in a month when his guest returned. The Folklore Museum in the Monatsschlössl is one more of the six branches of the Salzburg Museum. It also emerged in 1924 from the effort of splitting the museum due to a lack of space at the main museum. The Folklore Museum is all about Salzburg's old folklore, as the name suggests, like the different traditional clothes in the regions of Salzburg, the furniture of past centuries, theater, and campus masks, and more. If you visit Hellbrunn and have the time in the Salzburg card, it's worth climbing the mountain to visit the Folklore Museum. Not only for the museum, but the view as well. If you have even more time, you could continue through the forest on the mountain to reach the stone theater. More on that in the episode about Hellbrunn Castle. Now the open air museum. What's the open air museum? The so-called Freilichtmuseum, open air museum, is a real hidden gem. It's popular among Austrian families, but not among tourists. Among Austrian families because the toy train and the surrounding nature are a highlight for children. What the Open Air Museum is, is a collection of old buildings. That's right. The museum comprises of actual old buildings that were removed in one place and rebuilt in the museum. You can enter those buildings and inside there are the living conditions of the time replicated. It's as close to rural living conditions in Austria in the past as it can get. The museum calls itself the biggest museum in Salzburg, which it is. That's because it's a massive area in the forest in Großgmain. The open-air museum is not only cultural, but also a natural experience. To reach the Freilichtmuseum, take bus number 180, which takes you straight to the bus stop called Freilichtmuseum in about 35 minutes. An alternative to that would be to rent a bike and cycle there, which is an excellent idea on warm summer days. The next museum is the Christmas Museum. Other than you might expect, the Christmas Museum in Salzburg is relatively new. It was established in 2014 because the upper floor of the building on Mozart Square was vacant. What's old, however, is the collection, and that's where the Christmas Museum in Salzburg becomes fascinating. The museum comprises of a private collection of Christmas souvenirs. All of the exhibits are original items from the time between 1840 and 1940, collected by one person in the last 40 years. They contain everything from Christmas tree decoration to authentic wish lists. 
The next museum is not actually a museum, but just a guided tour at the concert hall. I can't recommend it more. The guided tour is the only way to visit the inside of the concert hall during the year. While the festival is on, expensive festival tickets would also be a way to visit. With a festival ticket, you wouldn't see as many parts of the concert hall as on this tour, and you wouldn't get all the background information. The tour costs a few euros, is included in the Salzburg card, and includes at least two of the three concert halls. The two times I joined them, the guide was highly knowledgeable and presented the information very well. The only thing that might prevent you from joining this tour is time. It only starts once a day at 2 p.m. Changing your schedule might not be worth it and the tour is not a must. But when you're out sightseeing, preferably with a Salzburg card, it's worth trying to fit it in. And how about the children? Now let's discuss some museums for children. The Natural History Museums, when it comes to museums in Salzburg, is my sweetest childhood memory. It's a real highlight for kids, but also for curious adults. I will never forget the enormous dinosaur at the entrance, the space shuttle simulation, and the baby sharks in the aquarium. For children, these attractions seem massive. These days I perceive them differently. Many of the museum's features are precisely how they were 30 years ago when I was still a child. Other areas like the Science Center are new and modern. The Haus der Natur Museum was founded when Salzburg Museum in 1924 decided to give away the natural science collection due to a lack of space. Nowadays, it's separate from the Salzburg Museum. For kids, there is also a toy museum in Salzburg. The toy museum is another branch of the Salzburg Museum. Like the Christmas Museum, it emerged from a private collection in 1978. In 2011, it was completely refurbished and redesigned. Even if you are not a child, the museum is a pleasure to visit. The exhibition comprises of toys from the past centuries, but the toy museum is far from mere information about toys. Most of it is actual playgrounds with toys to play with. For children, the toy museum is of course especially entertaining and a must. But even if you are not a child, and especially if you own a Salzburg card, have a bit of time to spare, you should just pop in and look around. Like all the museums, it's included in the card. On the other side of the street of the toy museum, there used to be a Sound of Music museum, but that disappeared in 2020 when international tourism disappeared. Now we talked about Helbrun before, but there is one thing when it comes to children and Helbrun Castle that I want to talk about again. Helbrun and the Trick Fountains. The Trick Fountains are the main attraction in Helbrun. They are behind Helbrun Palace, the party castle in the south of Salzburg, and were there to entertain the Archbishop's guests. Maybe even more to entertain the Archbishop, because the water at the fountain splashes out of random places. Chances are visitors rather than the host getting wet. Part of the trick fountains is the mechanical theater, a puppet theater with hundreds of puppets driven by water performing everyday tasks. You can imagine that children have fun at the trick fountains, but even for adults who visit Helbrunn, the trick fountains are a must. The only way to visit is a guided tour, but that tour is included again in the Salzburg card. 
Now the Salzburg Zoo. Salzburg Zoo is like the Folklore Museum, like the Hellbrunn Palace, like the Trick Fountains in the area of Hellbrunn and included in the Salzburg card. It can easily be reached by bus number 25 in less than 20 minutes. As long as you have time and the Salzburg card, it is an excellent addition to Salzburg's other attractions. Some say that the zoo in Salzburg is one of the most beautiful zoos in Europe, and I would agree. It's a magnificent location with the Hellbrunnerberg mountain in the background. The zoo is especially interesting for children and for all who like zoos, but it's not a must. Now here I would have mentioned the Sound of Music World, but as I said before, Sound of Music World closed in 2020 permanently. It was opened initially in 2018 by an Austrian couple, but Austrians don't care about the movie as you maybe have heard, and that's why in 2020 when international tourism disappeared, the Sound of Music World disappeared with it. It was a nice exposition about the real life of the Van Trapp family, and I was surprised how well put together it was. Now for modern art lovers, modern art is a topic where the spirits differ. I love the Walk of Modern Art by the Salzburg Foundation. If you are interested in the Walk of Modern Art and Modern Art in general, you should read my guide to the Modern Art in Salzburg and there will be an episode about Modern Art in Salzburg as well. When it comes to the Museum of Modern Art, however, majority of those not actually interested in contemporary art are somewhat irritated. The Museum of Modern Art in Salzburg is visible from everywhere in the city. It's the white building on Mönchsberg Mountain, the one with the tower next to it. The new building on the hill finished and opened in 2004. Inside the mountain there is an elevator that takes you right into the building. You could also take that elevator just to enjoy the view. The museum is recommended for modern art lovers and again for owners of the Salzburg cart because it's included. Another place for modern art is the Rupertinum. Rupertinum was the predecessor of the Museum of Modern Art. The Rupertinum was founded in 1983 as the first museum for contemporary art in Salzburg. While it features its own exhibitions, it still belongs to the main museum on the mountain. It is conveniently located next to the concert hall, a central location in the old town, and you might want to give it a try if you own a Salzburg card or are a lover of modern art. Now, Hunger 7, I put Hunger 7 into the category of modern art because the most impressive aspect of Hunger 7 is the modern architecture. Hunger 7 is home to the airplane, helicopter and racing car collection of the Red Bull founder Dietrich Mateschitz. His collection is open to the public and it's free to visit. To get there, you take bus number 2 from Hanusplatz. The hangar is also home to Icarus, the most expensive and exquisite restaurant in Salzburg. Are there even more museums in Salzburg? There are more museums if you have enough time or particular interests. There are, for example, the Stefan Zweig Center about Stefan Zweig, the author. There is a Georg Trackel memorial about the life of the poet Georg Trackel. They don't get their own category because of their inconvenient opening hours and because you need to be genuinely interested in them. Also, their works are in German, so if you if German is not your mother tongue, this might not be interesting to you. Another museum worth mentioning is the Water Museum on Mönchsberg Mountain. In case you walk the mountain, you have a Salzburg card and it's open, you could learn about the water supply in Salzburg. It's however not a must and there is no need to go out of your way 
for a visit to the Water Museum. I recommend the Stiegel Brauwelt, the Stiegel Brewery in Maxglan if you like beer and if you have a Salzburg cardigan. Their guided tour and the beer tasting is included in the card. Another place you could visit is the Bible World. I have never been there, but it's a slightly remote area behind the train station. And the reviews are mixed. If I ever visit, I will update the article on the free walking tour blog about the museums and I will write my review in the show notes for this episode. Now I mentioned the Salzburg card many times in this article. Whether or not you get a Salzburg card for your museum visits is an easy decision. The card costs 26 euros in low season and 29 in high season. In addition to all the above museums, there is the Untersberg cable car included, which would be 25 euros for a return ticket, and the bus to get to the cable car is included as well. Let's say you have one day to explore Salzburg and anyway want to visit the fortress and Mozart's birthplace. The fortress costs 12.40 and the birthplace 12 euros. By spending a few cents more on the Salzburg card, you get free entrance to 10 more museums. If you have three to four hours to spare, you can take the cable car to the peak of Untersberg at 1,800 meters. The only reasons not to buy a Salzburg card would be if you don't want to enter any paid sites, don't have time for more than one paid attraction, or are on a budget and don't want to spend any money at all. In that case, there are still plenty of things to do in Salzburg for free. There will be another episode that's specifically about things you can do in Salzburg for free that will be linked in the show notes. And there is an article, a complete guide to Salzburg cards and how to use them most efficiently. There will also be an episode about that. And there is an article about that on the free walking tour blog on the website. Now, these are all the museums in Salzburg. That all being said, the old town of Salzburg is somewhat like a museum as well. There are traces of history in every corner and in every street. Visiting museums in Salzburg is not a must, but highly recommended if you want to go deeper and have the time. It's recommended to get a Salzburg card to make the most out of your sightseeing. The card is not worth it if you only visit one museum. As soon as you visit two or three, it's the same price and gets you from deciding what to attend to an all-inclusive experience. In case you're on a budget and don't want to spend any money, I recommend visiting churches. There will be an episode in the future about all the churches. There are 22 churches in the old town of Salzburg. They are all free to visit and with a little background, tell the history of Salzburg just like a museum. 